Hello, welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast, uh, the third season, and thank you for our to our sponsors, Brand Boulevard. That actually, yep, Brand Boulevard. There, our, there we go. Product. Nice product placement. Nice I like that bottle. Uh, my name is Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. And Trevor Lindsay. So. Uh, Jo- uh, Jeff, you were answering, you were asking uh, the, the previous episode about like the markets and what have you, and you know, why is it such a big deal again for politics and, and what have you. So uh, as of, as recording today, which is January, January 7th, uh, 2021, uh, just some of the, the fallout. I mean, as of today, uh, the NASDAQ has completely rebounded from their decline yesterday. Um, Sorry, Curry, just in case somebody doesn't listen to the previous episode and starts into this one, if you can just give them a little little recap. Ah, got it. What, so, uh, Georgia runoff elections happened on the 5th. Democrats won the, both those seats. Therefore, it's a 50-50 tie in the Senate because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are president and vice president. The vice president becomes the president of the Senate. And declares a vote or votes only on a tie. And so which gives them, so 51, gives them 51 to 51 to 50 because there's only 100 senators. Now, majority. The Dems also control the House of Representatives. And that house goes up for re-election, the entire house goes up for re-election every 2 years. So until 2022, you're going to have the presidency Boring. The Senate <laughs> and the House. For certain things, yes. To have full control for the next two years. Now, the, the, there are still some bills that need super majorities and, and anything to get done, but, but for the most part, you pretty much have, you know... Uh, They're going to be able to right. start to get some of Biden's and agenda one of them being completed. The stimulus checks, the stimulus that, that they wanted to get passed before, before that. Now... Yep. Um, Jeff asked the question, why are the markets behaving the way that they're behaving? So yesterday, the NASDAQ fell after news broke of, of the official news broke in the morning that the second seat in Georgia uh, uh, went to the Dems. And, and that's mainly because Democrats typically um, lean towards higher taxes and more government spending and, and bigger government, typically. More, more socialist Whereas the Republicans are more conservative-based. They are more for libertarianism, uh, smaller government, lower taxes or tax cuts, and uh, basically every man and woman for, yeah, business incentives. Every man and woman for themselves, that kind of stuff. Um, and so there was a great article that was released. I, I read it on Bloomberg. I can't remember who wrote it, so I apologize. But they went back 70 years. And over the last 70 years, ironically, if you're looking for politics aside on what you want to get done, but over the last 70 years, any time that all three chambers were controlled by the same party, um, it, the performance in the stock market was worse than if it was a split between the two houses. 
So over the last 70 years, the average annual return when the Democrats controlled all three chambers was just over 10% return per year. When the Republicans controlled it, it was just over 14% return on your portfolio per year. And when it was a split, it was over 17% growth uh, return per year. And that's because they like the checks and balances that happen. The market likes predictability, knowing that they can't just hammer through tax bills or hammer through tax cuts. Yep. There's a lot more predictability because they know that there's a check and a balance uh, that, that, that happens in place. Well, now, the one holds the well, other account, right? right? That, that being said, though, you have to remember that there was massive – so when – Barack Obama took presidency in January, January something of 20, 2009 in the middle of the housing crisis. It's always the 20th, Brandon. No. Is it January always the 20th? 20th? It's always the 20th. I thought it's, I thought it's the I first so. Tuesday or the, after the, um, I thought it wasn't. I thought it was because the 20th is a Wednesday, but I could be wrong. I thought it was the third Wednesday or something like that. You know, they have the, the always the third Wednesday, but okay. Um, I, I'm not 100% certain, but I understood I that it was, it was always Tuesday. Because I thought it was X amount of days after one. the, the um, certification of, of the votes. Yeah. Uh, here's a quick thing. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, it, just, uh, it says, what is the presidential inauguration? The, the 20th Amendment uh, to the Constitution specifies that the term of each elected president of the United States begins at noon on January 20th of okay, the year so following the, 20th, the election. Okay, the 20th. Okay, great. So, Perfect. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, because I know the yeah. election is always the sorry, first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Like, it, it's, it's not an actual specific date. Correct. Yeah, they have right. specified a day yeah. of the week. Or no, yeah. So yeah, I didn't know if that the was election. still the case. But what you've got now is you've got basically um, at, in 2009, Barack Obama also had all three houses, if you remember. And that's where Obamacare got passed and it actually got put through. Mm -hmm. um, now he subsequently lost that. But you had massive economic expansion that happened in 2009, 2000. Not completely, though. They bastardized no, it a bit, but it's not completely yeah, gone. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. you had great economic expansion in 2009 and 2010, um, right after you know the pit, which was about March of 2009. Oh. It actually took off like a rocket. Um, but that being said, I think that's what's going to happen this time around, too. Because the reason why the market, as of today, NASDAQ completely, which is the technology has completely recovered. It's up 2.3 percentage points. Dow Jones has cracked 31,000. And the S&P 500 has cracked 3,800 points, which as an index, these are massive, massive feats to, to, to get. And that- Even TSX has got to be at uh, almost TSX record high. TSX has eh? hit record highs. Yes, today. Today? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you've so. got pretty much, and the reason for that is because, and I've said this before, you, the U.S. is a consumer-driven economy. That's the majority of the driver between uh, uh, their GDP growth, where Canada is an export-driven economy. And so the reason why the rest of the world is up on this news is they know that there's going to be more stimulus coming in the tune of a 
approximately another trillion dollars, about $1,400 a month for every person. And so when that gets passed, which they now it's a high probability that it will get passed, they know more money in the hands of the people means there's going to be more spending that's going to be happening in the economy, which is just going to drive it up, drive it up, drive it up. Now where Trevor and I come in on, so that's me on the market side, but then they're worried about inflation and inflation getting too hot. So they'll have to raise interest rates. I'll give my quick opinion on it. And then Trevor, if you want to weigh in, I, we, need, we need high sure. inflation right now. That's what we need because it, we just can't, we can't suffer like we, like we have. And I just don't think that in two years, there'll be enough of an economic expansion of, of inflation, I mean, that would cause them to raise interest rates within the next two years. But Trevor? Yeah, no, absolutely. They, we can't have a contraction in the market. Uh, so they, as of right now, all signs are pointing to keeping interest rates low. Obviously, bond yields are uh, quite low right now, which is why we're seeing fixed rates as low as what they are. Uh, but on the flip side of things, the overnight lending rate from the Bank of Canada, uh, which will be the deciding fact when, when we need to slow inflation, Bank of Canada starts moving the overnight lending rate. So yeah, as of right now, the yeah, I, an article I read the other day, again, a couple of years, most likely that we're looking at keeping things the way they are. Um, there's even predictions for fixed rates that the bond yields will maintain the levels that they're at right now. Uh, one one uh, um, article that I had read is even predicting a possible fall in rates. Really? So... Yeah, we may see just be, again, like you've got to look at what's happening and, and, uh, you know. But wouldn't they have to change the regulations, Trev? Because I thought uh, Bank of Canada is at a quarter percent and I thought there was a mandate that um, lenders charge uh, a certain spread above. And I could, this is more your department, right? Yeah, no, so the... A, a, a long time ago, as the and I'm trying to recall what drives the overnight lending rate right now, why there is that spread. Um, but there's basically two. The, the best way to explain it is there's two different tables. We've got the table determined from the the Bank of Canada, and then there's this other table that the lending institutions created for themselves to a maintain profit but also maintain cost of funds so those That's not cost- collusion though right no <laughs> so they came up with that table we'll call it a number of years ago i can't remember when uh and i'm drawing a blank on what the actual technical legal term is that that they they use. Um, so that's why we see a difference. And that's why we see like a few years back when the Bank of Canada raised the overnight lending rate and then they quickly realized, oh, we made a mistake and we saw them cut back very quickly. That's when we saw all of the banks, lenders, credit unions not give the full quarter point that got cut, right? That's why we saw, I think it was TD only cut 10 basis points rather than 25 and all the other banks cut 15 instead of 25. So right now, why we are sitting at 
245 for an overnight lending rate instead of 225 if there was only a two-point spread from the overnight lending rate to the actual bank prime. So, sorry, but that was part of it. What was the other part of your question? Well, just like, yeah, so you don't, you don't foresee, like you said, you, you actually brought up there might be a cut or a drop in fixed rates. Yeah, actually, the, the one article I read said that it's not off the table from what the, like the data that they're looking at, um, that it's not off the table that the Bank of Canada couldn't cut the overnight lending rate by 10 or 15 basis points. Because again, we've got 25 basis points to play with. They do have a, a little bit of room, but just not as much as they had and they pre-pandemic. Can, and they can go negative. Right? We had, they are allowed to go negative. They can go, they can, I, uh, that is not something they ever. want to do, right? That's not something they want to be doing. Um, and then, sorry, to the fixed rates. Yes, they're they, in that same article. It said, you know, there's a chance that we may most likely we're going to maintain our fixed rates where they are right now, given what we're seeing with bond yields. Uh, but there is always a chance that we, it may drop. Um, and this is, this is part of my conversation when I'm talking with clients about fixed versus variable and the fact that 70% of Canadians are breaking their mortgage at the 33 month mark that because of that is going with a five year fixed always the best answer. No, it's just what the banks and the credit unions do the best job selling right? It's their most profitable product. We've talked about interest rate differential penalties on previous episodes. It's really, and the reason I'm bringing this up is those bond yields that I'm referencing, we're seeing in five and longer, 10-year bond yields. Like we're, see, bond? we're seeing those rates. Yeah, they're, they are lower. So it's, it's kind of, it's hard to tell somebody right now, you know what, if you're going to break your mortgage in three years, you should probably be looking one, two or three year fixed terms when those rates are actually, in some cases, substantially higher than taking a five year fixed. So it's doing your homework. It's knowing, you know, that you're with a penalty friendly lender, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. So with that all said, like, I mean, this is why our, uh, you know, the, the the U.S. is such a huge integral component to rate adjustments and what we do, because typically, as the Fed goes, so does the Bank of Canada. Like, not they're not identical lockstep. That's not that's not what we're saying. But if the Fed is going to increase rates or what have you, the Bank of Canada usually follows suit. The 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 one caveat to that is they went a bit aggressive in twenty uh, in towards the end of 2017 into 2018, which caused our market because they wanted, you know, to pump it up a bit and they went a couple extra to, I mean, Trevor, you remember you and I were completely uh, complaining about it and don't they end up um, in order to have some, some more room to cut when they needed to cut. Yeah, we, you and I were both lost. It's like there's no economic reason behind them increasing the rates the way they are, the overnight lending rates. And, but you they know, jumped them to low threes there at one point in time in late 18, right? Yeah, we, we were up to, uh, to, we had 150 basis points that we were able to cut. We were at 395. We were up to 395 March 1st, 2020. That's the, and that's the that's I think prime was, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, not the prime. Yes, yeah. Well, 
but well, yeah, sorry, that's prime was up at 395. So that means uh, the overnight lending rate was actually sitting at 175 because we had 150 basis points. There was 150 point drop by the Bank of Canada and there was two emergency meetings uh, that had taken place, which we, we cut a half point at one and a half point at another uh, amidst the beginning of the pandemic. Yep. So, I mean, as of today, the markets have recovered extremely well. I mean, it just goes to show you that, uh, uh, you know, that the markets are looking for a strong 2021, uh, especially going into Q3, heading into Q4. Um, and this kind of goes when, and, and the other key thing too that they're looking at, there's a lot of cash sitting in, a, in bank accounts right now. There's a lot of cash that have yet, has yet to be deployed um, into the markets and, and into the economy. And so a lot of these... Just because all the uncertainty, Well, I mean, basically this last times, stimulus right? package, just, that's just $600 a month. This isn't the 2000 that they wanted to do. Yeah. As long as you reported under $75,000 a year as an individual last year, you get $600 a month for every man, woman, and child in your household. As long, that's as long as you as a couple are under 150 or singly under 75. Well, 75 grand's a lot of money. Like for that's, that's middle to upper middle class yeah. in America, especially. Yeah. So a lot of these people sure. have this surplus of cash just sitting in their bank accounts. They're not spending it because they can't go anywhere because they're on lockdown. And a big, big thing that you're going to watch and why I'm investing in some more medium to high risk uh, uh, stocks or, or funds is um, all your travel, airlines, not so much cruise ships, but like your, your, your packages, uh, your hotels, all of that stuff, they're going to go on, they're going to be on fire in Q3 and Q4 because the minute that person has yeah. that vaccination and they get to show that vaccination card, they're, they're getting out of Dodge so freaking fast. I, I can't even tell you how many people I have spoken to that are ready and just <laughs> waiting to hit that button to get out of Dodge and to get on a, a flight. Yeah, I think I'm still going to wait a bit after it's all vaccinated just to see how it goes. I'm hoping for September. Yeah. Please. No, it's oh, I, on a jet plane. I don't remember if this was part of a previous episode or not, but I was telling you guys about my brother-in-law who works for flightnetwork.com. He's a sales manager over there. Um, he was telling me that they, they're an international company, mind you. So when I tell you these numbers, they went from doing about, uh, I forget. I forget how much they were doing. They dropped all the way down to a hundred flights a day that they were basically selling at the beginning of the pandemic by September, September when we were, yeah, we, I, I took them to, to pick up a sofa in September when we were driving along to pick up that sofa, we were having a chat about it. Uh, and he said, they're already up to 10,000 flights. They're selling over 10,000 flights a day, September, right? So, you know, a few months into you think yes, there'll be price increases price for travel increases. packages? So that, that he, what they're expecting or, though, what the, they are expecting, they've got to keep things low. There's going to be a ton of incentives to get back. Like we're seeing with rates right now. Consumer confidence back. You got it. We're going to see they're, they are going to be super aggressive. 
And what he was telling me is from what they're seeing, because uh, obviously they're a broker uh, when it comes to travel, um, they're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of companies are starting to get ready, starting to, to, to put together those incentive packages. And it's probably going to take place, I think he was saying like 12 to 24 months of just wicked price on, on travel, just to get confidence back up, to get people comfortable with yeah, doing yeah. it. Yeah, you got it. Apparently Bond is just flying high on his sofa. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to get in. I hate planes. I hate them. Can't wait to get in one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to get out of here so bad. Yeah, it's not too. even funny. Yeah, I want to be. But uh, yeah, be, so that's yeah. it. Uh, that, that's a long drawn out about the economy in the U.S. and why the election's so important and what to think about. Yeah. Huge impact for impact us, right? Canada. Yeah, but take, take, take though. That <laughs> take from it though that the interest rates should realistically maintain a lower level for probably the next year or two and i would, I would be anyway, shocked right? if anything and trevor chime in if there's in canada specifically if there's any rate increases prior to q4 of 2022 i will be i will be floored i i would um, yeah i my my gamble would be q3 of 2020 uh, excuse me, 2022. Before they even start considering. Yeah. 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 That's my gamble right now. So, you know, over a yeah. year and a half from now. So, all right. Well, that's very much. Thanks. Right, thanks, for the, thanks for the question, Jeffrey. Thank you. That was a really good question. No problem. You get a cookie later. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone. And something yeah. from Brand Boulevard. Thanks everyone for caring and sharing <laughs> and subscribing <laughs> and keep these listens high. Thanks Brand Boulevard for sponsoring us. Gosh. Think Lich. Help us help you stay informed. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.